on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. College never prepares you or being in the trades never really prepares you right. to be in business for yourself. I mean, they give you the basics, but until you've actually done it and lived it, it just cannot prepare you for that. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Scott Hines here on the King stage. My brother, how are you? I'm good. How are you? And thank you for having me. Of course, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. And we were just talking off air a little bit. You're in the mobile unit today. I've, I've done several of these shows with kings like yourself in the uh, mobile chariot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the mobile I, office. The mobile office. Yep. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do so. Tell us what kind of business that you got, brother. So we are uh, Total Quality Construction out of Toledo, Ohio. We are a design-build remodeling firm. Uh, a lot of kitchens, bathrooms, all the way up to full house remodels, additions, 99% residential. Uh, eight employees right now. Um, we do about $2 million a year and growing. Uh, we have uh, current roadmap to, to grow next year and continue to grow um, st started as carpenter contractors back in 2001 kind of evolved uh, as the economy evolved through the past 20 sure. years and and turned to remodeling and never looked back it just was a fit for us um, yeah we have more office staff right now than, than carpenters on staff but we have a few carpenters on staff we have a project designer, project manager, myself as production manager and estimator. My wife is the office manager, project coordinator, and then three carpenters on staff. Love so, it. Um, so yeah, we love it. Um, it's a fit for us. The team works great together. The customers are starting to realize the, the benefit of working with us and our, our family dynamic is yeah. they continue to come back. So it's a good thing. We love it. But that's cool. Yeah, there's one thing that, that you mentioned um, before we hit the record button that, you know, that you and your wife are really building this culture that represents family and, and, um, and there's a, there's a, a difference there when, and even as, as consumers, I'm sure you and I can both relate taking ourselves out of the business hat for a second and going, when we've dealt with business owners or businesses that are family cultured or family oriented, there's just another level, another, another level of care, another level of attention to detail, usually. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to have those maybe detailed conversations with you here in a bit. Um, when it comes to your story, we'll definitely dive into that before we do that. I want to know, I want to know what makes you tick. Like you're obviously at a, at a successful enough level. Um, why are you pushing still? Why, why, why do you have growth plans from here? Most people are trying to get to where you are. Why are, why are you trying to grow from here? Um, honestly, it's, it's just, I'm wired that way. I, I 
have to always try to do a little bit better, always exceed expectations uh, with my customers and myself for that matter. I enjoy seeing projects come together. I enjoy seeing our customers' faces when the project is done and they're just, oh my gosh, it was far greater than I ever expected. But yeah, um, and not only that, but my staff, you know, I want to see them grow. So in order for them to grow, the company has to grow. So um, we're always striving to do better, better communication, better leading, uh, better quality, better, yeah. you name it. So that, and as I'm getting older, I, I know retirement and succession is coming. So That's right. I want to build something that either I can pass on to whether it's family my staff or outright sell it someday so that we can have a, a nice retirement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. What do you think? Like, I mean, all of those things are, you know, like we we've heard as entrepreneurs, we've heard those I'm built like this, you know, I want to build something uh, for legacy for my, for my family. How did you come to know those things? Like, is that, is there a layer deeper than that even, or has there something along the way that's happened? That's given you that insight of like, okay, I got to keep going. Or you know, give me some more thought there. Um, it's it's the people that I surround myself with. A, a lot of it is, um, oh, how do I put it? I just, the businesses that I'm around, I, I belong to some certain networking groups. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's just that feeling of accomplishment and, and surrounding yourself with the, the right kind of people and giving you that extra push just to, to do better, do great. Yeah. And um, it's just embedded in me. And so every day, you know, no matter how good things are, I'm always thinking of ways, how can we make this better? And my wife is the same way. And actually my, my staff is that way. Um, we were just kind of trained ourselves to, you know, always do that little step more just to exceed yeah. expectations. And yeah, you know, we have happy customers and clients that way. Yeah, hundred percent. I love what you said about your your team. Obviously, you and your wife being on the same page is huge. We could probably spend the whole podcast just on husband wife dynamic in the business and and you guys being on the same page. But what you said after that um, struck me because it it's been a, a big differentiator in in multiple of my companies is that when you have a team that exudes that same let's level up, let's go to the next level personally. And collectively as a team, let's go to the next level. What does that mean? Do I need to get more training? Do I need to get more um, understanding? Do I, do I go the extra mile? Do, like, how do we make the process better? How do we make the product better? Whatever. Um, when you have this obsession, this general team obsession around leveling up, just this concept of never quite there. Not that we're not, not that we're not thankful or grateful, but we're just not satisfied. Like there's still yet more to achieve. Is that what, you think that you have inside your team because that's what it hurt that's i mean that's what i heard you say we do we do um yeah it's never you know it's never that mindset of it's never good enough it's just you know it's just that continuous improvement that that yeah. kind of where the name started from total quality construction came from back in my college days reading books on total quality management um it stuck it stuck yeah. since then and um you know i've hired people and work with people that all have that same mentality of yeah. how can we, how can we do better? You know, let's make this great. 
And, and I realized early on that, you know, my expertise might be in sales or carpentry. I need someone that does design work. I need someone that's a good communicator with customers. I need someone to, to, you know, my wife, my, she's the office manager and she creates these procedures that uh, allows us to communicate better with our staff and and our customers and our trades and never realized early on that that was so important. The communication is essential. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's the client journey. If you can, if you can, um, if you can highlight each individual touch point that you have or should have with your client as they go through the experience of your company, and then assign ownership to someone on your team to each individual touch point, um, that's how you know. Not only is it going to get done, um, that's how you can provide training to your team as well as then assure that uh, your customer is going to get just an incredible experience. Um, each touch point along the way. All right, let's jump into your story here, Scott. I want to know, um, you kind of mentioned college, you know, um, what, did you always think you were going to be a business owner? Were, was it how you were raised? Tell us, tell us the before story of, um, you know, before you, before you became a business owner and, and why. So early on, I started uh, as a carpenter, even during high school, my, my uncle was a contractor, started with him and Okay. You know, basic carpentry task around when they were building houses, um, and it stuck. You know, when I graduated high school, uh, I went to work for another contractor and kind of worked my way up um, in the ranks. Started learning the trade. Eventually, got hired by another contractor and became a carpenter foreman. Okay, um, had a couple friends working with me and. One of my friends in general, his dad was a a builder and we started doing a lot of side stuff on nights and weekends, um, helping him build houses to the point where eventually we said we were working seven days a week, long days. And I was in college at the time as well. So studying business management, the idea was in my head that, you know, maybe someday after college graduation, we can start our own thing. And then ironically had a job offer from a developer to build some condos on a golf course, talked to a friend of mine and said, you know, are we ready for this? And we decided yes. And uh, started framing condos for this developer. And, and then word spread, we started framing houses and all the way up to commercial buildings. And at one time um, got as large, we had up to 40 carpenters. Wow. Um, traveling around. It wasn't, it was a good learning experience. I guess I'll put it <laughs> that way. Um, what I found out is, you know, there's a, there's a handful of, of people in your company that um, I guess when I, we, we hired because everything got so busy. This was, right. you know, mid nineties, mid to late nineties. Everything got so busy that we just started hiring bodies and, yeah come to find out it's hard to find really, really good, reliable help. Yes. But the years progressed, great recession came and, and we were forced to downsize. And during this time, I kind of, before this happened, I seen it coming and went and got my contractor's license and started doing some, some government work. Um, yeah. I realized if the economy was going to be bad, the government work should you know keep us busy as it did. Um, we did a lot of remodeling, uh, 
energy improvements on homes, lead abatement, things like that. Kept us busy, kept the small group busy. Yeah. Even to the point where we had downsized and went from an actual office building to uh, having the office at home, which yeah, well. I do not think I would do that again. It was nice. <laughs> now, you know, our office is outside the house again, but yeah. it was hard to have that separation. So my recommendation is if you are going to have an office at home, have a separate entrance so you can at least leave your house and enter an office and vice versa at the end of the yeah. day yeah otherwise you just it's non-stop you just felt like i could never escape work right and then you know as we were you know, doing this general contracting and remodeling it just kind of evolved from there and built and built and built to the point where i decided that i needed to get a designer in-house and yeah did we we hired a designer that was six, seven years ago. I still have the same designer and it's evolved from there. Yeah. And it continues to grow. As a matter of fact, we're looking to uh, double our space in our current office space uh, next year yeah. to start hiring some people because you know, we want to continue to, to grow. Yeah. Uh, but okay. yeah, that was basically how it started. It kind of started in college with the idea and then just an opportunity came and yeah, we swept were, you away. We sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we felt we were ready for it. I mean, we did some planning and training beforehand, but um, that's how it started. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate um, in one breath you saying, you know, you, you, you chatted with your, your partner and saying, Hey, are we ready for this? Uh, and then in the second breath, you would really never done it before. Not at that scale. Um, right. So I just appreciate that. I think that every entrepreneur probably listening today can relate to, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I'm ready. And then knowing in the backhand, like, uh, you know, um, so I, I appreciate that part of your story because then you got into this, like, oh my gosh, 40 contract or 40 carpenters on your, on your team. I mean, that's huge. Like that is a lot of moving pieces, a lot of projects happening all at the same time, probably some pretty big ones. And then for you to be able to downsize. So I want to get into some of this because you know, there's a lot of people who went through 2007, 2008, and didn't make it. Um, I've had a lot of folks here on the show in real estate that were like, dude, I lost everything. And so, you know, for you to be able to weather that storm the way that you did and to be able to come out on the other side, looking completely different, it sounds like, but still alive, still active and doing well. Um, I want to dive into some of that. So let's talk about your good decision somewhere early on. So I, I, want, to, I want to give you two opportunities because it sounds like you've had kind of like two early ons. Early on, number one was maybe when you were building that framing carpentry crew uh, right out of college, or early number two was maybe after the recession and you had to kind of switch to remodeling. What would you say a good decision was that you made tactically inside the business that you can look back and go, because of this one decision, a lot of other things, you know, happened? Joining definitely, I feel one, I will say is marrying my wife. She is <laughs> Yeah, she's my support. She keeps me, you know, moving and she's just my right hand woman. Absolutely. Yeah, um, love that. And she's intelligent. Number two would be joining networking groups. Now, college never prepares you or being in the trades never really prepares you right. to be in business for yourself. I mean, they give you the basics, but until you've actually done it and lived it, um, it just cannot prepare you for that. And, and I, I had joined a networking group probably for the first time, maybe six, seven years ago. And I wish I would have done it early on because it is such a huge help 
one, not only to have um, other business owners giving you feedback, but just to share in some of the war stories and, and, and be able to find people to relate to. Um, I always struggled with, you know, as you're, as you're progressing through college or as you're working for a company, you always have someone to fall back on. You have a mentor and then you go into business and it's like, uh, I'm it. <laughs> it was just nice to have other people in the networking group that you can share some of the, the issues that you have as a business owner. You can share some of the victories that you have as a business owner and, and share ideas and help one another grow. Um, it was nice to have that person um, just to vent to. Yeah. Yeah. Joining yeah. a networking group. It's a game changer. I can't recommend that enough. Yeah. It's interesting how you, how you use the word venting. Um, I've had several folks inside uh, gathering the Kings mastermind, both the six figure and the seven plus figure side um, say that same thing. Sometimes it's not about strategy of tactics. Yes. There's plenty of that. And, and the feedback that you've gotten from those groups, you know, for you personally, Sometimes it's just having the ability to share with someone who is also at that level, not, not like at a certain money level. Yeah. That's a piece of it, but like an understanding they're going through the same thing that you are in business. They're building a team. They're, they're dealing with customers because as an entrepreneur, what you just said is that we have all these people around us, but not many of them are entrepreneurs like us. They're not cut from the same cloth. We are, we're kind of alone in that way. Would you right. add anything to that? Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, almost a lonely feeling as a, as a business owner sometimes, and people don't understand what it is to be that, that business owner and the, some of the stress and hardships that you go through. And then when you get into a, a networking group or a roundtable group of other business owners, there's a feeling of camaraderie and, um, I don't yeah. know, it's just, ah, you don't feel so alone. Yeah. So, it's a good yeah. thing. There's a community. I had this vision um, <clears throat> uh, as far as like a video that I want to create. I haven't created it yet, but um, it, what you just said there kind of helped me remember this um, when I when I first started Gathering the Kings. I had this vision of, you know, like you as a king and all these other kings coming to the table and, and taking off the crowns and laying them down on the table and us discussing matters of kings, you know. But that that visualization of taking off the crowns really is like, you know, even though I'm in a different industry, I might do more revenue or less revenue, um, like depending upon our situations, but like we kind of lay all that down to the side and say, okay, how can I help? How can you help me? What, what visually or tactically or, you know, experience wise or connection wise, can we, can we genuinely grow with each other? And I think that that, that takes a certain humility to say like, number one, I need help. I am alone, <laughs> but then to find value in others, which is that almost like, like again, that representation of taking off the crown, like I'm amongst peers. I don't need to, I don't need the crown to like express my authority or my dominance here in this room because I'm, I'm amongst peers. Um, and there's a value there uh, emotionally to be able to, you know, be in that place where you can share. Would you add anything to that? Yeah, I call it contractor counseling. <laughs> contractor counseling. Contractor counseling. It's like, I feel like you're in a group and everybody's had similar situations at different parts of their business. So, I mean, everyone, everyone right. can relate and, and give you feedback, or maybe you haven't had that issue yet, but they make, there's an awareness of, Oh, this is what I should be looking for. So it's yeah. a bit of being proactive. Yeah. But, yeah. 
100%. Let's flip the coin, Scott. Tell me about a bad choice or a decision that you made that, you know, didn't turn out way, the way that you thought it was going to. Um, this is a big one to me is just not trusting your, your instinct and mm. working with the wrong client or the wrong project. Um, okay. Be it, be it because the market's not strong and, and there's not a lot of work out there or, Right. Or because that customer dangled that carrot in your face and it was a big dollar um, project and the right kind of project, but the customer just, you know, there was something telling me that, you know, probably not a good fit for this customer. Um, right. Just really getting that sense of really qualifying your jobs or qualifying your customer so that they're a good fit for not only me, but for my team and we're a good fit for them. So, um, you know, I've, I've done some projects in the past that my instinct was telling me this isn't a project for us or this right. customer is not the right customer for us and, and proceeding. And now um, doesn't matter to me what that carrot is or, you know, <laughs> I don't, if I don't feel that someone's the right fit, it's yeah. almost like, you know, what do they say, hire slow and fire fast basically right so right yeah i do the same with with customers um you know if, if, if it's not a good fit for your company don't do it yeah so. yeah do you do you find i mean because there's a certain level of um scarcity right that that drives people into accepting that job or that client or even a hire right uh, we can put all these in the same category we're we're driven to make that even, even when, like you said, you, your instinct said, don't do it, but you did it anyway, because you didn't have the sales you needed to, or maybe things were low or you had guys that weren't busy. And so that was going to be an expense. Like there's usually this scarcity or this, uh, I'm afraid or lack of money or lack of sales. Like, what what, what are your thoughts there as far as like, what was driving you or what do you see driving other people to continue to make that bad decision over and over? Well, you get this idea in your head that there's a certain kind of project that you want to do. And and, or a certain size of project that you want to do. And maybe that project seems to be the right fit, but the customer is not. Or, you know, we have a, a design process and a production process that we like to follow. And then certain customers go into it with, well, this is the process that I want to follow. I don't want to follow your process. And that's a big no-no right there. I mean, you know, if you have a process that works for you and works for projects in the past, then you should follow that process regardless. But yeah, yeah, it could it could be you know cash at the time, um, you know, cash flow is low, so um, you know you're taking on what you can, or yep. um, it's the right project but wrong customer. I mean, there's a lot of reasons yeah. why you know the decisions are made. But to me, now looking back. I don't feel it was a bad decision because I've learned a lot from it, but right. um, I definitely would think twice before doing that again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the solution um, now that I can just point out for the listener, number one is to overcome the scarcity is you just go get more deals. You get, you put yourself in front of more estimates, more clients, more projects. And if you have a hundred to choose from, you can pick the three that absolutely that you love. If you only have three to choose from, you're more likely to pick something that maybe you shouldn't. And so that that's a, a really easy, you know, just go get more deals. That's obviously there's a whole process to that and you got to have marketing and sales and, and fun stuff like that. But the other piece that you just were saying is that 
your process. Like you have to be so confident and so trusting. And like, if I, if I say no to this one, that there's going to be another one coming down the pipe somewhere, that'll be a better fit. And that's again, kind of maybe tied to your sales process. Like, like I just talked about, but what Scott's talking about more so is his belief or his confidence in his team and their process. And they just believe it so much that they can provide the value that they want to provide through this specific process that they're just not willing to, you know, go around that. All right. So let me flip the script again here. Um, you're right. It's not a bad choice. You learn through that. Obviously, every every guest I've had on the show seems to iterate at some point, like, look, yes, it didn't turn out the way I thought, but it was something that I learned from. So taking that, let me parlay into my next question, which is what's your process now for decision making, right? What's your process now when a decision comes to your desk so that you don't make the bad decision? You know, maybe not as often, at least. I guess one is is really just qualifying, you know, customers and and making sure that they're a good fit and for your process. Um, they're allowing their contractor to um, work with them as a team versus, you know, the micromanaging. Um, and if a formula that I use is no matter what, if you start it, finish it. Um, in the end. You know, there's there's little feelings of accomplishment, whether that project is going great or whether that project is going bad. But at least if you get it done, um, if it's going bad, then get it done as fast as you can and get out of there and get done. Get on to the next, you know, great customer and great project. Right. But, good. But I finish it. I mean, to me, that's very important. Start a yeah. task, complete it. So I, I, I'm hearing you say, I mean, it kind of goes back to our point just a couple of minutes ago about you having a process, being so confident with your process that you're, you're basically unwilling to waver. <clears throat> and so even your decision-making process is kind of pinned up against, okay, whether it's a client, whether it's a person that we're hiring for our team, whether it's a move that we're making in our business, does it support our current process that we know, love, believe, are confident in? And if it doesn't, you kind of just your sticklers on, we, we don't do that, or we don't yes. hire that person, or we don't work with that person because it doesn't yeah. fit our process. Over the years, you know, we, you know, we would allow customers to, you know, say we, we gave them an estimate for a large project, but, you know, they had some relative or friend or something that did part, that wanted to do part of the project and we would allow that. Well, today, no, it's, it's a team effort, you know, if you're going to hire one of us, you're going to hire all of us, the whole team. Yeah. And it works. You know, we work with the same people on every project, you know, same trades and uh, our design process works and the way we communicate. And, uh, we've had a lot of success with it. So yeah. uh, if, if early on, if we get that feeling that people just aren't interested in the process, then uh, we might not be the contractor for you. Yeah. hundred so, percent. Love that. Yeah. All right, I'm going to hit you with the speed round <clears throat> questions here, Scott. I want you to take your business. I want you to dwindle it down to one trackable metric. If you could only pick one to track forever and ever, what would it be? Um, I would have to say, this is going to sound a little bit cheesy, but happiness. Um, okay. And that would be for staff, uh, clients, trades, suppliers, everyone. If you could track that. And I mean, in terms of happiness with us and our product um, sure. and, and the environment, um, if that was able to track 
easily and make sure everybody's happy and then happy, then things are bound to go well. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Happiness how do you, sure. how do you, I mean, obviously there's different angles of that and I'm sure you're tracking pieces of that now. Do you have any examples of how, how maybe you're trying to track happiness in those different angles? We do, we do, we do uh, reviews and, and we do uh, evaluations just to not only from, you know, our customers, but reach out to maybe some, some suppliers, some vendors, and we talk to our yeah. staff constantly about, you know, not only are you happy here, but are you getting what you need here to be happy, not only at work, but at home? Um, yeah. It's very important to me. Yeah, that's good. Okay, what book would you recommend uh, for a six-figure business owner, Scott? Uh, so one that I'm reading right now is called The Remodeling Life by Paul Winan. Okay. Um, it says, it's a story very similar to my own, so it, I can relate. Um, he started as a, as a tradesman and worked his way up, all the way up with his wife, as a matter of fact, to retirement and decided that they did not want to have their their family take over the business they sold the company and made a you know, nice profit and yeah now they are facilitators and, and so it's a good book it's a good read so that's great that's great do you think life. that yeah exactly we're modeling life we'll put it in the show notes for the listener um do you is that is that your exit strategy to sell or are you handing it down to the next generation what do you think is your plan <laughs> um i'm not totally sure yet that's actually on my Part of my to-do list is yeah. you know, I have I have two daughters. I have fantastic staff. Um, yeah, you know, we're not exactly sure. We've talked about it briefly, um, but uh, that will probably lots, be lots of possibilities. Next, yeah, that will <laughs> be probably the next planning stage of you know yeah. what's next for total quality construction. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that um, a lot of people probably wait too long. Just because you're planning to exit doesn't mean that you're exiting. Um, and I think a lot of people don't want to give up that, that, you know, that build, like we're builders. That's really what we are. We're, we're, right. I'm, I'm not in remodeling, but we're builders. We, we, we put things together. We, we, we build teams, we build people, we build projects. Um, and, and I think high performers, we, we think exit, we think, you know, sit on the porch and, and drink tea and, and that doesn't sound super exciting to us. And so it doesn't have to be like that at all. I think it's, um, a matter of just the next step. So whether that's selling um, and starting something new or holding on to this business, uh, helping someone on your staff take it over. I mean, there could be so many cool pieces of what building looks like in the next phase. Um, if we phrase it that way, I think it sounds a little more engaging to our <laughs> to our very high performing brains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And somehow consulting is somehow in the cards and there's somewhere. Yeah. That's really what my wife and I want to do is, is try to help out up and coming contractors and new business owners and share a little bit of what we've been through and hopefully yeah. give them some tips. Yeah, that's exciting. Speaking of helping other entrepreneurs, you've talked a lot about networking and masterminding. Um, normally, my question here in the speed round is, what do you think about this? You've already kind of given us lots of thoughts on that. What would you say to the listener here today who's maybe never joined a networking or mastermind, because they're obviously different, uh, never really spent time uh on relationships what would you say to that person who maybe they haven't spent the money maybe they don't want to spend the money they don't see the value what would you say i would say give it a second look because to me it was a game changer um i remember one of my first networking group and and uh, when it was presented to me and at the time 
uh, we were, I would say, was post recession, but so we were very frugal at the time. And some of these right. networking groups can be a little pricey. Um, yeah. But now looking back that I've been with the group, um, yeah. there is no way that I would not be in a networking group. If I have a business, I would be in a networking group. I mean, that's that's a no brainer. Yeah. It is essential. It's just yep. good business health. Yeah, it's funny that you um, <clears throat> that your mindset went specifically to that place of I wouldn't do it without it. That's literally what I what I say to uh, contractors or tech guys or real estate guys that join gathering the Kings Mastermind is that our target literally is is to provide so much value, not just from us, my team, but from the other folks in the group, like you're saying, so that at the end of the first year, you're like, not do I want to sign up again? It's I would not imagine doing life or business in any other format. Because once you have that, once you first off, sometimes people don't realize the the void, like you're talking about, sometimes it's a lonely feeling, they they know it, but they don't really know it. But once you fill that void of like, wow, this is what it's like to have, you know, comrades, like you said, or running buddies, or, you know, just accountability or, or just some help. Um, it's it's tough to move forward without that, because it, it is a game changer. So I appreciate those thoughts. Next question for you. Uh, um, actually, last question is, if you lost it all, Scott, I want to know at this level, what would you do? I would start again. Uh, <laughs> you can't, you can't take the knowledge away. You can't take the experience away. So that's right. Um, yes. Is it possible that you could lose everything tomorrow? Yes. But um, the experience and the knowledge is there. So yeah. I would start again and hopefully get to where I am today a whole lot faster. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. That's start right. again. Yeah. The, yeah. I was going to say the persistence piece for you of, of just keeping going. Uh, I mean, you've been doing this longer than probably the, the listener. Um, and you know, you saying that you were building in the nineties and, and then going through the recession, we're probably heading into what might be your second recession. And, and to hear a guy like you say, I would just do it again, or I would just persist. I would just keep going, right? Like, okay, I lost it all, but I would just keep going. I think gives an immense amount of inspiration, uh, confidence to somebody listening here today. Who's like, ah, oh, man, should I do this? Should I not? Should I go work for somebody else? Should I, that, you know, just this constant back and forth on, on, is it worth it? And what I'm hearing you say through that is not only is it worth it, but you would do it again, even if you lost it all, like in the worst case scenario, you'd do it all over again. Would you like to add anything to that? I would, because, you know, in, in touching on that recession, that is, pretty much coming at some point sooner, hopefully later. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember thinking at the last recession is, wow, you know, there was a labor shortage and, and before the recession even started and now the recession's here, what's going to happen, you know, to the companies that, you know, pull through this. I remember thinking that I was like, we pull through this and the economy picks up, the numbers are less and the contractors are going to be so busy. And that's exactly what happened. And, and now times, you know, contractors are busier now than they've been. Yeah. Than I've ever been. Yeah. And I think if there's going to be another recession, then to me, that just means start planning for what to do during the recession and start planning for what's going to happen after that recession. Cause that means, you know, the good thing about a recession is after that, there's huge opportunities to grow and expand yeah. after that. So right. just don't quit, keep fighting. 
Love it. That's a great way to end. How can the listener uh, find you, Scott? They want to connect with you further. They want to get a couple of nuggets from you. Maybe they're in your area. They want to come meet you. How can they find you? Uh, Facebook, uh, totalqualityconstruction.com is our website. Then really just look us up, Google search, remodeling contractor Toledo, Ohio, and we'll pop up. You'll find all of our contact information on those sites. Love it. We're Love happy it. to oblige. Yeah, no, you've been incredible here today. Thank you for the time. Um, of course, your insight, your decades of experience. Um, we just wish you nothing but uh, success in your family and, and your family culture that you've built. Um, it sounds like an amazing business. And so thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chaz. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.